0: So this weekend we're talking about being unequally yoked and I'm going to start out with a question that someone sent in and then I'm going to go over a passage of scripture and I think I may go ahead and open it up if you have a question because it's a shorter teaching today if you have a question about this subject go ahead and text it to my phone and uh, but this is a question from a, a person it said recent this is a young lady recently it's been feeling as though God has given me the heart of a wife for a particular gentleman that's the only way I know how to describe it. We're in the same industry and have mutual friends, so I know of him, but not personally. And the last few months, it's like he just popped on my radar. It feels like something you mentioned in one of your previous messages. My spirit knows something, and my mind is trying to catch up. For almost this whole year, I've been only focused on my purpose and getting extremely close to God, so I actually haven't been interested in dating anyone. Is this God making me aware of the man he has for me? And if so, is there anything specific I need to do so that I don't miss out on what could be ordained for me? That's a hard question to kind of answer because my wife is ready already. Just hold your horses, child. Hold your horses. It's a hard question because, you know, it is. I will say this is that sometimes you may pick up that maybe your spouse is in the room. Uh, from a female point of view, though, it is better for you to wait for him to say something. You know, it is better for you to wait. Now, there's nothing wrong with you introducing yourself, say, hey, how you doing? You know, um, and introduce yourself. And we're in the same industry. I just see you. I just wanted to get you know you. Bam, bam, bam. There's nothing wrong with doing that. But you don't want to walk up to this dude and say, hey, I think God told me that you're my husband. Really? That's a good way to get a man to run. You do not want to tell a man that you believe he's his husband until the Lord has opened up his eyes. Because if you really are his wife, his eyes will be open, okay? Um, It does not take men that long, okay? I tell ladies, I've counseled ladies over the years, don't be giving men these ultimatums, well, you need to pray about three months whether or not you want to be with me. You know, no, it doesn't take a guy three months, okay? It takes a guy three days. It may not take a guy three days. Okay, so this is one of those scenarios where she senses something, but it could be wrong. What she could be is, sensing is her desire to be with someone, her desire to go out on a date. She, the guy might be attractive, and she might think he's the one. How many men out with someone you thought it was the one, and after the third, fourth date, you're like, "Oh no, this is the devil. I was deceived by the great host again." Okay, and so, so you can feel that, you know. But, but the, but the caution would be, it is best to let a man approach you because of how they wired. Is it anything wrong with a woman approaching a man? No, it's just dangerous. Is it anything wrong with a woman asking a man on a date? No. Okay, it's not some sin or something like that. What I'm telling you is because how men are wired, it is best for him to let him chase you, not you chase him. Because men are wired that way. They are wired to see something they like and then go after it. That can be a little bit frustrating for ladies if you just feel that he is the one and you just feel he is not hearing from God. But uh, that might be another clue. And if he's not hearing from God. <laughs> OK, so 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 that's going to be kind of the premise of what it is that we do in regards to being unequally yoked. Um, for the most part, that term is being used out of context. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Mm-hmm.
1: It's a few things I'd like to say about that. Yeah. I didn't think it was a hard question. I mean, when I read the question, I didn't think it was difficult at all. And, and again, this is, this is how, the, the reason why this is great is because we have different perspectives. He's male. He thinks a particular way. I'm female. This is the female who wrote the question. My thinking is, he doesn't know you. You don't know him. So, Lord, so she's asking, is the Lord putting this man on my heart? Well, it might be that right now you're desiring to see someone and date someone, and you happen to think he's attractive. It may not be the Lord at all.
0: But it also could be.
1: And it could be. But it may not be the Lord at all. And it might just be this, you know what? He's fine. He's in my industry. And, you know, it would be great if he would ask me out. But you don't know him. You know people who know him. So you may be like, hey, well, you know, you know that guy Steve. What's up with Steve? Tell me about Steve. And so you make inquiries and you try to hook something up and put things together as opposed to allowing the man to see you, meaning not just physically see you, but to really see you and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to look her up and and track her down. I mean, we told the, told the story a few Wednesdays ago about how David Winston had a mutual friend of Nikki. And he saw Nikki at the, at the store, whatever store she worked at. And he tracked down the mutual friend and he texted Nikki. So he found her. In this case, this man's not trying to find her. It's just she's just aware that he's, he's there.
0: Let me get the other side of this, though, too. We got a bunch of sides, don't we? Because I, as she was talking, because we're giving you both sides because mm-hmm. it could be either or. Yep. Um, there's a girl. What is that girl? She's an actor, an uh, actress, and she married a pastor. Um, and,
1: Megan
0: Good? Yeah, Megan Good. I was watching an interview by her for, I think, uh, some some show that Oprah created for married couples. they have giving a testimony about married couples. And one of the things that Megan said is that when she first saw her husband, they were at a particular event. And she said she she looked at him and she was listening to him and talking to him. And she looked at her girlfriend and said, you know, if I was to get married, that's the type of man I want to marry. And so sometimes you can feel something. You may sense something. But again, and and it might be true. uh, But again, it's still best to stop at introduce yourself. Let the man see you, because if what you're feeling is true, once the man sees you, he's then going to be interested in you. Y'all follow me. Laura, no, go ahead, Laura, this girl. she go, go ahead, go ahead.
1: I had something that happened to me many, many years ago because he was saying about her believing that she could be his wife. The man came, to, men are hunters. Men are the ones that go after the woman, right? We're responders. The man approached me. I was at a church, I had not joined the church. He came up to me. Now he saw me, thought I was attractive, and said, Hey, the Lord told me you're my wife.
0: Is that the guy that had to threaten? No. She has been.
1: And I said, really? Well, I can hear from God, too, and the Lord hasn't told me anything. (laughs) See ya. And I just walked away. I had never seen this guy, had not been introduced to the guy. We had no interactions. And I was not open to a stranger. (laughs) Now, had we been in the same vicinity and been talking, maybe the Lord had been dealing with my heart, but there was just nothing there. It was just a complete lunatic saying, hey, I'm coming for you. The Lord said this. I'm like, well, I haven't heard from the same Lord, so bye. Bye. So you have to be so careful. We talked about not being exact formulas for things and being open to the Lord. I never saw that dude again. I'm like, clearly, Lord, if this is the one for me, you would have told me. Or at least put something, nothing there,
0: nothing there. Yeah, and and to be totally honest (laughs) with you, you know, it's, it's this, this area is a little bit difficult. You know, I tell people, you know, you know what, quit quit attaching the Lord to everything. Right. Just talk regular. You know, just, I mean, just, you know what I'm saying? You know, I mean, just you know, just you know, all, you know, all of this stuff. You know, I'm a, there's something. I'm, I'm digressing for a moment. Um, T.D. Jake said something that when he, when I heard him say it, it was like part of a formula that clicked in me, and the Lord opened up my entire eyes to another world. And when T.D. Jake's made this statement, I then realized. That that maybe I haven't even listened to the Lord as much as I should have in regards to producing change. And TD Jake said this. He said, "If Jesus came from heaven and came to our church, he said we would have to teach him about church culture because it's the total opposite of the kingdom of God." And 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 I just thought about that, and I mean, it's like something when that when he said that. That was a word that I knew I had to hear in regards to rechanging everything that the church does. Um, because it is not, we are convinced that the way we do church is the way Jesus would do it if he was here. The point that I'm making is Jesus was a regular dude. He wasn't going around using all of the spiritual language that we use. He just wasn't. He was a regular dude. That's why the religious guys didn't, couldn't stand Jesus. Because they just like, they were just like, this. remember what they said? They're like, this guy ain't nothing but a comforter, this is Mary's boy. Why is Mary's boy defined everything that we have taught and done and they were unqualified to be his disciples you know so I said that to say that you know for you all as a responsibility don't be walking up to the woman tomorrow. would you like to have a Bible study together no ask her do you want to go out to eat you know good and well you don't want to take this girl to no Bible study you want to go to the movies ain't nothing wrong with going to the movies folks. you know what somebody activate my imaginary congregation on the back row so they can start shouting <laughs> somebody turn on the bomb gotta... okay they stood up they stood up they stood up <laughs> First time visit, I have an imaginary congregation on the back wall when my congregation won't act right. Okay? And and an usher told me that when I first joined the church in Detroit, usher, head usher, Bill Teller, he never forgot me. He said, Man, he said, Don't lose your cool when you become a Christian. Don't get religious. He said, If you want to ask a girl out, ask a girl out. So I remembered that. So when I saw her, I asked her to go out all of the other brothers at the church was praying and fasting for God to give them a word. I'm for that. They still talking about me. Man, you got the best girl up in there. Yeah, because I just asked her out. Y'all praying and fasting. Everybody say, stop being deep. Stop
1: being deep. Now, I told him no, but at least the brother did ask. Okay, He was regular. He wasn't saying, hey, the Lord has, the Lord has shown me in the spirit that you're called to be my wife and we're going to minister the gospel through all, all the land. He didn't do any of that. He said, hey, you want to go out? Nope. No.
0: <laughs> That's the truth, too. She told me no. I was
1: glad he came back, though.
0: Yeah. But she was <laughs> winking and blinking at me. I had to come back. <laughs> Did she have something else to say? Let's go and do this scripture. All right. right. Second Corinthians six fourteen through 18. Let's look at this. It says in the New Living Translation, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? What union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God, as God has said. I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you. And I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. Now, most people use this scripture only to determine whether or not, as a Christian, you should marry somebody that's not saved, you should marry somebody that's Muslim or a different faith, etc. But this scripture is not talking about that. That is included in that. But it's talking about everything. Okay? So, in other words, if you're a businessman, it says don't go into partnership with a, another person that is not a Christian. It says, it, 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 I mean, when you look in the context, and so it's not just talking about marriage, okay? It's talking about everything. Now, we're not talking about, like, if you're a Chick-fil-A, you may have to have suppli- suppliers that are not Christian, you know what I'm saying? Otherwise, you're going to be bankrupt. But we're talking about you decide to open up a law firm with an atheist. No, Scripture says y'all are going to have some problems, okay? You decide to open up a restaurant. You decide to open up a business. Now, you can do that, but you're going to end up with some trouble because when trouble comes, how you view things is going to be different than how v- they view things, Okay? So it's not talking about just marriage, it's talking about as a believer, don't partner yourself. You notice what it said, it says come out from amongst them. It's amazing to me how sinners don't try to get close to Christians, but Christians still so try to get close to sinners all the time. You know, Can I still go to the club? Why? What is in there for you? A bunch of idiots drinking and smoking, you're going to smell like you've been to hell when you left there. You know, but it's like everybody wants to get as close as, but like I say? I don't want to get into that. Okay. So the scripture is also not talking about this. That is, if you're unequally yoked, that means if I'm Pentecostal, I can't marry a Baptist. It's not what that scripture is saying. Or, I'm, uh, you know, if 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 she's Catholic and and he's Methodist, well, you know, I'm unequally yoked. That is not what that scripture is saying. Because a Catholic believer is still a believer. They might not know as much scripture as you. They might not believe in all of the speaking in tongues and dreams and the power, but they are still a believer. What makes a believer is a person believes in Jesus Christ, and they are making a proactive. Uh, um, what? I'm sorry y'all going to have to excuse us today y'all notice we toned down a little bit Okay, we had a long day yesterday
1: speak for yourself, I'm ready
0: yeah I was the one that was doing all the four I hours of driving that's why <laughs> so I'm trying to correct your doctrine in regards to that if a Baptist marries a Catholic or a Catholic marries a Pentecostal it's not talking about that Okay, you are not unequally yoked If I'm a Pentecostal, y'all got that. They they don't look like they want to receive that, but that's the truth, according to that scripture. Now, there might be some differences, okay? So like, I grew up Baptist, and a lot of Baptists, they don't believe in speaking in tongues. They don't really believe that God heals, God would heal everyone. They believe that God put the sickness and disease on you to teach you a lesson. So there might be some doctrinal issues in the household, and there might even be a difference in the way that you all approach problems. Like if you've got a Baptist and a Pentecostal, okay, not all Baptists believe this, not all Pentecostals believe. It. I'm just using that example. And when you get sick, the Baptist might say, Well, you know, well, I believe that we should embrace this because God put this on me to teach me a lesson. Whereas the Pentecostal, who maybe came from these type of circles, were like, Man, this is the devil. Sickness and disease is a lie, and they trying to, and that can become difficult in a household. Y'all got me. That doesn't mean they're unequally yoked, that means that they have a difference in beliefs. The scriptural definition of being unequally yoked is that a righteous Christian is with an unbeliever. Look at the definitions here. Look at all of the definitions of what God calls darkness. Unbeliever, wickedness, darkness, devil, unbeliever, and idol. This is the label that is placed on any person that is not saved. Look at the next one. This is the category of the label placed on Christians. Believers, righteous, light, Christ, believer God's temple so God is saying those two um, arenas cannot dwell in the same place and to be totally honest with you that when the moment you give your life to Christ as a Christian you become a member of heaven right then you don't become a member of heaven when you die if you're not a member of heaven when you die you won't go there you have to be a member before you leave so as a member of heaven you are a member now and heaven does not like to interact with the dark side y'all got me That's why God said, if you come out amongst them, I'll dwell with you, I'll be a father to you, and I'll work with you. But as long as you're with them, I can't work with you because I can't work with darkness, I only work with light. Y'all got that? You have something you want to add?
1: Yes, I want to go back to the question, and then I'll respond to the scripture. The question she asked was, was this God? Is this God? If I'm feeling a particular way about this man, is this God? We can't say for sure. We don't know. It could be. It might not be. But I will say this in response to what he said, which was, if it is God, hold that. Hold it, and if the man comes and he you know, comes to seek after you, then you can respond to the man, but don't go chase the man. Don't go chase the man. So it could be God. It might not be God. So I wanted to clear up that, just make sure I answered that question um, uh, before we moved on. Regarding this scripture about being unequally yoked. this was one of the first scriptures... Or the first scripture, one of, or the first scripture my dad taught me. He took me to the Bible and showed it to me because I was 18 when I got saved. He was the one who led me to the Lord. And he wanted me to be clear about how God views our interaction with the opposite sex. And so that was the position that he was coming from as my father was that you know when I was open to dating, and I was dating at that time, open to dating you know, people or whatever, or even marriage, that I would make sure that the person that I chose or received as my mate was one who loved God, one who had a life that was following after God, not just one who said, I love God, but one who actually committed his heart to Jesus, was living the life, had fruit to show forth in his life, so I would not then marry someone who was, not, who was an unbeliever. Because the Bible tells us, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Amos three three. Can they walk together and not be in the same direction? No, they can't. You have one going one way, one going another way. So if you have an unbeliever with a believer, they're not going to agree on anything, on how they view things. So this scripture about not teaming up with an unbeliever, how can light live with darkness? It can't. One will see things the way God sees them. Another will see Children, marriage, uh, how you approach finances in the way that the unbeliever does, not the way that God does. God, his word will not be the ruling factor in that person's life. And so you cannot walk together because you won't agree.
0: You know, you can do Amos next and I'm going to answer this question as someone just texted me. This is a good question because this makes people wonder. Can a Christian be an unbeliever because they do so much wickedness (laughs) even though they came to be a Christian believer? I know a lot of them. First of all, just because somebody labels themselves something doesn't mean that they are that label. That's
2: right.
0: Just because somebody calls themselves a pastor doesn't mean that they are. That's right. Okay, like I had this joke. Just because you're living in a garage, that don't make you a car. <laughs> okay. So, and you know, my wife ministered to someone. Uh, I won't use that because that's too sensitive right now. But, but, but there are there are. <laughs> There are sinners who act like Christians, and there are Christians who act like sinners. There are a lot of unbelievers that they live more holy than believers. With
1: more integrity. And
0: with more integrity. With more character. Especially in business. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember Kenneth Hagin. This was years ago. Kenneth Hagin, he was praying about who to vote for. The Lord told him to vote for the sinner because he had more integrity than the Christian that was running against him. Mm-hmm. And so, so this is a difficult question to ask because some of these things get into the detail of the behavior Okay, how many of you know actions speak louder than words? Amen. And the Bible says don't talk arrogantly because with God actions are weighed. So now, this is easy when you're single. Because it go according to their actions. Okay? I mean y'all on the first date and y'all go to the car and they light up some marijuana. <laughs> Talking about this is God's plant. <laughs> well, you know you got a problem on hand. You'd be surprised how many Christians still think it's okay to smoke weed. Pastors, ministers just like, everybody want to get close to that as much as possible. It's like, yes, let me get this right. Y'all, actually, let me tell you something, y'all. Y'all want to know the standard? This is very easy. We can cancel service right now. Y'all want to know the standard? Whatever is not allowed in heaven, you can't do down here. And here's another standard. Because I've had some crazy people. And I see with crazy people, you can't answer them scripturally. Okay? That's why Jesus, he didn't always use the Bible. He just used common sense on them. And I'll just, all right, give it to your five-year-old child then. Since it's okay. We ain't nothing wrong doing a little cocaine every once in a while. Oh, cool. Give it to your seven-year-old then. Anything you can do as an adult, you pretty much be able to do as a child. Okay. <laughs> so, in this particular case, be, run, you know what the Bible says about a brother? It says if a brother amongst you is living in sin, it says distance yourself from that brother so that they will be ashamed about what they are doing. That's what it says, okay? You're looking like, where is that at? Okay, so you have to, in, in a single context, you know, run from people because how many of you know you already got enough drama as a single person. You don't need anybody bringing drama into your life. Now, as a marriage person, you got to pray for that individual because that goes into all different type of things. Let me say this before she goes over into Amos. Y'all, the reason why you want to give yourself the best chance is because you're going to take a chance either way. Honest to God truth, you're going to take a chance either way. There are people that have married the right people and that person went south. There are people that they married the right people and that person got sick. There are people that they married the right person. That person died. That person checked out on them sometimes forever. Sometimes people will check out on you for a season and then come back. I mean, it's so you understand what I'm saying. This is the honesty about marriage and relationships is no matter who you marry, you're going to be taking a chance. So if you're really not satisfied as a single individual, it's going to be worse if you get married. You cannot marry because, watch this you all, a man or a woman is not even designed to make you happy. That's why the Bible talks so much, that's why Paul said, look, if you can remain single, boom, because God was meant to make you happy. But we have such a perverted system right now where we are so broken we look for flesh to satisfy flesh. And that doesn't work. Spirit only can satisfy flesh. Flesh was created by spirit. So, therefore, spirit is the only thing that can change flesh. So, you keep looking at another body to make you happy, and that's because it's some type of void on the inside of you that has to be filled with spirit. And if you don't, you try to fulfill it with the flesh, and that's why you never get fulfilled. People marry all type of crazy people and all. Let me tell you something. I'm gonna keep saying this. If you think you feel bad alone, marry somebody. There's another type of being lonely when you married to somebody and they're not on the same page as you, especially when you're trying to get close to God and they're not trying to hear that crap. That is one of the loneliest feelings. It can be it's terrible on both sides. It can be very, very scary as a woman because every man was meant to lead his home. He's, the man is supposed to be the most mature man in the home, not the woman. But that can be very, very frustrating because women have themselves in a relationship where the man is not leading. Then it can even be more frustrating when a man has a woman that don't want, that's not teachable. So it's messed up either way. Okay? And so that's why you want to be take your time, y'all, and get the right individuals. I'm 40, and I know people that got married at 60 and they are having a wonderful relationship. Get all this other crap that people keep trying to put in your head. T.D. Jake said something else. He said, quit trying to He said, people tell you stuff about you. He said, and then what you do is you turn it into a prison for yourself and won't go outside the lines of what they said you can do. I married a, the man was probably in his 80s. He walked in with a cane, married a 40-year-old woman. She didn't care. She might have been out this money because he did have some paper. I couldn't say nothing. I had to do the counseling appointment. He walked in, I mean, and I never, I'll never forget, because he was, he was a solid guy. He walked in with that cane like Yoda, <laughs> pointed that cane at me. This is what he said, because this was 2,000, pointed that cane at me. He said, sir, he said, I care nothing about your age. He said, you are a minister of the gospel, and I will receive everything that you say. Yep, counseled them a couple of times, and they got married. I don't know where they are now.
1: Well, I'll say this, whether you're 60, 70, 80, it doesn't matter how old you are, it is better for you to wait and have five years of bliss than to get married at 19, 20, 25, 30 because you have this age and biological clock thing in your mind and then get 40 years of hell. Or you marry him and he, I mean, he's taking you through, or you marry her and she's taking you through the ringer and you can't fulfill your purpose, she's driving you crazy, you, you're, you're, just, you're sick, you broke down because she's gotten on your last nerve, or you're with him. And he's not leading the family. I mean, that's a very bad place to be in, that you are the woman, you're called to submit, you're called to help, but the one that you allow yourself to be attached to is not following God. It is the most lonely I mean, it's beyond lonely. I mean, you're there, and he's not leading, he's not praying, he's not listening to God, he's not following God, and you're just stuck. It's like your only recourse is to, well, you have two, to either pray and believe God, which you can't change a man. You cannot change a man. What you see when you get married, think to yourself, can I accept this for the rest of my life? Because if you cannot, walk away. Walk away. Why? Because he may change. The Bible says in First Peter chapter 3 that you, you can influence his behavior. You can help to change him. You can, you can live the life before him, but he may not change in a day or three days or three months or three years or ever. So if what you see right now, you can't deal with, walk away. And don't have this thing in your mind, I'm going to change this individual. I have something else I wanted to share. Um, oh, it's better to have five years of bliss than 20, 30, 40 years of hell because life wouldn't have just passed you by. And you can think, well, I want to have children. I want to have babies. You don't, and you may want to biologically give birth to children. But if that time has passed you by, then you can do what Sarah did. You can believe the scripture. There are so many women who have had children in their late 40s, early 50s, mid 50s. You can still have a baby. You can believe God. But if you decide, hey, you know what? I don't want to put my body through that. There's adoption. There's so many children who need a loving home. There's so many children who need loving parents to love them and care for them. They need, they need you. So you can't say, well, you know, I'm going to just get married now so I can have a baby. No, wait for the right one so you guys can live out God's purpose for both of your lives and you don't get anxious before time because you just do not, you do not want that feeling of, oh my God, 40 years and my life has passed me by and I'm just wasted away.
0: It's a bad feeling. Let's go ahead and look at Amos. I know in Nigeria, they, they have Bishop of Church, they have 60 and 70 year old women have babies
1: have babies without wombs yeah by how does that happen it's a miraculous yeah. creative miracle by God
0: says all, things are possible that all, all things are possible to them that believe we're not talking about no isolated incidents either on a regular 60 and 70 year old woman and some of them having twins one had triplets some of these are like, I'll adopt
1: so all things are possible to him who believes all things are possible all things are possible can God make me a chicken don't you don't want to you shouldn't want become a chicken that's silly if you want to have a baby, if you want your broken body whole, then yes, all things are possible to them that believe. So don't put God in a box. You know what? In the last two weeks, I have heard some things. I've heard some things. And when I heard these things, I said to myself, God, I really don't know you at all. I have been walking with the Lord since I was 18. And so I will never say what God won't do, what he won't say, because you don't know God as well as you think you know him. Because even when you think you know him, there are things you still don't know. We're still evolving, still growing, still learning. So if you can believe God to get married at 70, if you can believe God to have a baby, then go ahead and do it. Take God at his word and see the miracle in your life. And then get up here and testify about it.
0: And then the other side of that is, is that if you're single, and you never get married, the only thing I can tell you is that can be a little frustrating. The only thing I can promise you is when you get to the other side, it will not bother you at all that you didn't get married. That's the only thing I can promise you. Um, And that's the reality of when you step foot on the other side as a Christian at that moment, anything that you did not receive on this side will never even cross your mind. I was listening to a testimony yesterday of a man that got caught up to heaven. He was an atheist. They caught him up to heaven while he was an atheist. (laughs) You know, Lord, don't care nothing about your He, I mean, he talked about standing in front of a waterfall that was 300 miles high. I'm like, I told my wife, I'm blown away by Niagara Falls. So the other side canceled out everything. And, And remember this, some of you know what I'm saying. When you're going through something, it seems like an eternity. When it's over, it seems like a faint dream. When you get to the other side, it'll seem like this didn't exist. Because the Bible says everything is wiped away. Okay. But that's just the reality. And I know that sometimes in the church, you know, preachers, they want to give everybody an encouraging word. They want all the single people to run around the sanctuary and shout, because my Boaz is on the way. Ah, I mean, oh, But that's not truth. That's not reality. The reality is not everybody is going to get married. And the reality is a lot of the people that won't get married, we won't know why. The reality is some people will get married. I personally, I could be dead wrong on this, but I believe that one of the reasons why we have such a beautiful family is because of the role that we have to give people hope. People, they need to see that marriage still works. They need to see, I mean, mean, y'all, we go out in public and people on a regular, people say to us all the time, man, people don't have kids like this anymore. You know, there's only six dudes, there's plenty of people that still have six kids. But you know what I'm saying? There's so many people that are hopeless, they need to see that this can still be done. So maybe that's the reason why I have such a beautiful family. I don't know. I'm just saying that you can't judge and you can look at somebody and you can desire what they have. But if you are not careful, you will then think that you are less than because you don't have what somebody else has. That's why the Bible says to compare ourselves to one another is very unwise. Because you'll be comparing each other in a temporary state. Because maybe in 10 years, yours might change and I might be on the bottom of the barrel. And then for eternity, it's going to be all flipped around.
1: And I feel led to share this. A testimony came to mind. It was so powerful. And it's like I hear voices in my head about I failed in the past. I failed. I failed. I failed. I failed. You know, the scripture says all things are possible. To believe. I did believe and I failed. But it doesn't matter how many times you fail. Just keep on believing. And I just feel led to share this, even when it comes to having a baby. I know you have tried and tried and tried and you have prayed and you have believed God and you ask God and you're asking him, why can't I have a baby? Why can't I can't, why can't I conceive? What is going on with my body, my emotions? Is it spiritual? Is it physical? Should I go to the doctor? Should I go to the pastor? What should I do? And to that, I say, try again. Try again. I heard a testimony of a couple that tried for 20 years. 20 years. On the 20th year, they had the baby. And so if you're willing to go that far with God, he will go that far with you. If you won't give up and you're asking God, I need to get it right. I'm missing something. It's not you, Lord. It's me. It's something. What is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? Show me. Show me. Show me. What is it? If you will continue, God will continue. And you will receive the manifestation of what you're believing for.
0: You know what? Since you add that, let me just add this. Uh, Sometimes we go through things because we don't hone in on God. We are right now in the midst of a huge problem in the body of Christ. Is that everybody is just trying to do the church thing, um, just go to church, you know, and and it's just really, really messed up. She has a towel. Oh. Um. Um. So I was ready to say. Um. Everybody's trying to do the church thing, and and they're not giving real, real answers. There's a huge dilemma because people think going to church is pleasing god and it's not okay? you got people come to churches for different reasons some do it to, a, to appease their conscience some do it cuz their wrong told them they were going to hell if they didn't go to church okay and but i'm just giving you another testimony that and some of you heard this some of you have not there was an african family and all of the women were dying by the time they turned 18 okay by the time they turned, no i think it was 21 i'm sorry it was 21 um, before the daughters would get to 21, drop dead, mysteriously, every time. And this thing was like a, it was just going on <clears throat> a lot. So these young girls were a member of the church, and they went to the pastor, and they said, you know, all of our family members, all of these girls, they, they die before the age of 21. So the pastor, he decided to seek God. And this sometimes what you have to do is you have to do a three- or two-day fast without food and just seek the Lord in Scripture, prayer, et cetera. Um, Because there are some things that are so mysterious, you have to go deep. You have to break down the flesh. You have to move yourself close to death in order to hear from God. So this pastor, he did a fast. He began to pray and seek the Lord about, why is it that these girls are dying? And the Lord took him in a vision back in time, generations back. And one of her family members was a member of one of those, like, militia armies who you see over in Africa. And um, 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 militia, uh, uh, thank you, Lord God. one of those militia um, rebel men. And, uh, huh. and, uh, and so in this vision, they were uh, burying a witch alive. And as they were burying a witch alive, the witch, they were burying her because she was a witch. And the witch said, because of what you all are doing to me, she said, none of your daughters every generation from now none of your daughters will live to see 21." She placed that curse upon those men. And if you're a Christian and you're living it, that curse bounces back. If you're not a Christian, that thing goes right into your DNA and brings it to pass to every child you give birth to for every generation. So he then comes out the vision and understands, okay, this is something that must be broken over your family, and they did, and then the, you know, they went on to live past 21, get married, et cetera. I said a lot to say, that some of our failures uh, can only be broken if you have to go to God. You don't go to the pastor. You don't go to a counselor. You don't go to a doctor. Especially repeat things that just, I mean, you know, we have these cycles and they keep coming around. They keep coming around. It's because it's hidden. The real source of this thing is hidden from plain view. It's hidden from plain view. You know, I told you about the lady. I know we were way off track, but that's okay. I told you about the lady that sent me a testimony. She lived in another state. Her husband and her moved Her and her husband moved into a new house. She said the moment they moved into that new house, it was a large house, she said she started having a dream almost every night. And in the dream, uh, y'all remember those uh, little gremlins? Remember the gremlins? Okay. Kids may not know what they're talking about, but little gargoyle thing. She said every, almost every night she said she would dream, and she said this little gargoyle thing would be intimidating her. and um, What's another word? Not interrogate, but um, tor- yeah, just playing around, just torturing her and just doing all of those things, messed with, jesting around the bed and everything. And she'd wake up out a dream and nothing was there. And the next night she'd go to sleep and she would start to dream. And in the dream, she's in that bed and that thing is in front of her, just messing with her and jesting and doing all those different type of things. And this, what'd you say? Taunting. Taunting, thank you, taunting. And um, that was the word. And so uh, she said, this went on and on and on and on. And so she said, after being in the house for a few weeks, She finally went downstairs because they had a basement to look and do stuff and anything needed to be cleaned out. She says over in the corner, underneath a uh, like a rug or a big blanket, she said she lifted that thing up and she said there was a statue of the exact creature in her dream. When she saw that, she destroyed. Y'all don't give stuff like that away. Okay. Get a hammer. Get your kids. Y'all, we're going to have some fun today. Satan going to learn today. That's what you do. Took that thing. She smashed it and destroyed it, and the dream stopped. See, so there are a lot of things that are going on in our lives, sickness, disease, strange thoughts. These things are coming from the spiritual realm, and if you are not spiritual, they will lock you down for the rest of your life.
1: This is why it's important not to marry an unbeliever. There are some, there's been some things that have hit me in my body during the time that we've been married. And had I not had him to encourage me and to love me and to strengthen me, I would have made the wrong decision concerning what the doctors wanted to do and what they said about me and my body. It's so important as the unmarried individual, while you're unmarried, while you're single, to take your time and not hook up with the wrong person. Particularly in this case, we're talking about the unbeliever. Because you don't know what you're going to face when you get married. I mean, marriage, I mean, the devil is always looking and seeking for a way to get in and destroy. He hates families. He hates marriage. So he's going to attack your finances, your bodies, both or one or the other. You don't know what you're going to face. So you need someone, at least from the beginning, should make the right decision from the beginning. So at least I have a believer. So at least I have that part.
0: And that can be a very bad feeling if you're not. Because I know there are tons of people that are listening that they're in situations I mean, there are people who, you have pretty much three different situations. We're going to read those now. You have a situation where two people who were not Christians got married. Then later on, one of them got saved. Then you have another scenario where neither one of them were Christians. Both of them got saved. Then you have another scenario where both of them are saved, but now one has backslid. They don't believe in God. They now become atheist, or black Muslim or any type of Muslim or, you know, pagan,
1: I'm going to give you the fourth scenario where you had one was an unbeliever and one was a backslidden Christian who married the unbeliever, got married, and then came back to himself or herself, rededicated himself back to the Lord.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can be married to somebody, and I I mean, I met a guy like this, that he was a Christian, his mother got cancer when she died because he was asking God to heal her. God didn't heal her, so when she died, he decided to become an atheist. It's not an atheist, it's just somebody that's mad at God. See, the problem is, is that we pray prayers and we assume that they are correct. Y'all, and it's really, really, it's really heartbreaking for me because of, as a result of that, we end up misrepresenting Christ. Do I want to share that example or not? We all over the place today. This is not, this is really off. No,
1: it's not. This is the Lord. This yeah, is I the, know. I always off. say that. Whenever
0: now I say I'm off this, I was at the supermarket. I didn't share this with you. And then you're going to read Amos.
1: I had I, had, I had something else to say before
0: Amos. Let me tell you what. Ha- let me tell you what happens when you are offended at God. You're not following Him. Let me t- let me tell you what happens when you are flowing with the Spirit of God. Um, what day was your birthday? Uh, Thursday. So I took the kids to school. On the way home, I went and stopped by the grocery store and, and got a couple of things for my wife. And and so um. <clears throat> so I was going to the checkout line, and there was another guy. Um white guy who pulled up his basket and and we kind of like who's going? he said, Go ahead, he's one of those guys that that he had a look about him that if i read if I was on CNN the next day and they said, man, shot up thirty, they would be that yeah that dude, he had that type of look, and so I mean he just he had darkness on him, he had darkness on him i 'm trying to show you about never mind, he had darkness on him, so he he gets in the line. So I said, No, you go ahead, go ahead. And he said, Well, I got these. You know, and they were, uh, most of you are familiar with uh, WIC coupons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's like enough, if you're not, it's like another Ford of uh, financial assistance for food. It allows you to get milk, well, yeah, eggs, women, stuff infinite, like that. Women, Children. What is it? Uh, yeah.
1: Women, Infinite
0: Children. Uh, so he gets in the line, and he's in the line, and I see him fumbling with this stuff. And this is a man probably in his 30s, but he has a hard type look. And, and then all of a sudden, um, what the scripture says, moved with compassion. Remember that? Man, I felt something come on the inside of me, like whoo, like a wind, like whoo, And instantly, I mean, I bucked up and and I honed in on him. And it was like I was in another world and everything disappeared and I could only see him. And I'm honed in on him and then I hear somebody tapping me on my shoulder, I feel someone tapping on my shoulder. Sir, I can help you over here. I really believe that that was the devil. I can help you over here. Okay, I'm in this line aisle uh, one. This lady want to take me all, all the way over to them self-serve places. I can help you. So I went over there, and so I'm still locked in. So we're way on the other side of the store, and I'm looking over there. And she says she's talking to me, and I'm totally ignoring her. I'm just, like, zoned out. She's asking me questions, and she's asking me this. She asked me four questions. She said, sir, you have a Kroger card? And finally, because I wasn't answering, I was just staring down there. She said, sir, are you okay? I mean, and I just, I mean, I was, I mean, I don't know. It was like I was a military guy. I said, go down there and ask that guy if he needs some food. So she ran down there and she said, sir, if you need some more items, someone, you know, asked. He took off running and he ran past me. And, um, and so he said, you're buying this for me? And I was like, yes. He said, oh, thank you. I shook his hand. So he goes get the items. I pay for them at my thing. He then goes back with his wiki pounds to get the other stuff because he had a little child that needed milk. It's talking about things that you miss out on when we get caught up in drama. We, we're depressed and we're missing out on the opportunities to give other people joy. <clears throat> I just felt led to share this for some reason. I just I wasn't planning on sharing it at all. And so so he's over there. And so now the lady. So I'm coming. I've come back to myself. And I had actually had to excuse myself. I said, ma'am, excuse me for a moment. I need you need to go down the aisle for a second. And I didn't have to go down the aisle. I had to go down there and get myself together. I was weeping because I had never felt that level of compassion where Jesus says, I need you to talk to him. I need you to show him love. I mean, it messed me up. And so I, so I came back, and I was back to myself, and I said, hey, ma'am, I'm really apologize because I'm not a rude person at all. I said, but I was just like, And, you know, she, she happened to be a Christian, so she over there speaking in tongues. No, child, girl, whoo, hallelujah. You just made my day. <laughs> so we over there talking about the Lord, and I had just uh, I was telling her that, you know, I've been reading a lot about the poor here lately, how God seemingly has just this super heart for the poor. So we're just talking, 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 talking. And, but the Lord timed it again where he's on that side of the store, I'm on this side. When I finally did a high five with her, <laughs> She's still running around and twirling around. So him, me and the other guy locked baskets again at the door. And I didn't, say anything, I didn't say anything. He didn't say anything to me. And I said, hey, man, just God bless you. Woman. He said, oh, I just stopped him. And we just started talking. He was like, yeah, man, got my daughter and, and this and that. And I'm a single dad. And um, and we just got to talking and talking. And I said, well, you know, you know I'm teaching you also how to witness. Let people talk. Okay. Yeah, I'm a single dad, and you know, I'm just it's hard for me sometimes, and my daughter's a little fickle about this milk, and I just let them talk and I talk, and I said, Well, I did a plug. I said, Well, you know, I got some single dads in my church. You know, and, and I said, But you can make it, you can make it. I said, It's really important for a dad to be there for the children. It's very, very important. And so and I threw this in. I said, You got any spiritual beliefs? He said, Well, technically I'm a pagan. I was like, Oh Lord Jesus, here we go. <laughs> And that man sat there, right there in front of the Kroger as other people walked by, and he listened to me talk about Jesus Christ. And see, with me, I'm raw. I'm very raw. Very raw. And I said, well, let me tell you a couple of things. I said, I understand that you say that you're a pagan. And we talked about some things. We talked about preachers. You know, I told him, I said, well, I don't like a lot of preachers myself. I said, but let me give you an example of something. I said, and, and see, I know some of you may not like this. We got multicultural here, but that's, that's too bad, okay? I go raw with people to get them to understand. I said, there are times when I said black people watch television and we're like, please, Jesus, don't let this be pookie robbing a bank again. I said, you know why we do that? Because that black individual is misrepresenting us. I said, there are whites that watch television and they're like, please don't let this be somebody that is a member of the Ku Klux Klan again. I said, you know why they do that? Because that's a member of that race misrepresenting them. I said, in the same ways, Jesus sometimes cringes because preachers misrepresent him. And I mean, the Holy Ghost is just, what you say?
1: And people who say they're a Christian.
0: And people who say they're a Christian. Yeah, I did say that too. And, and, you know, the Holy Spirit is just giving me this stuff. Giving me this stuff. He used race to help him show about Jesus. And so, and so then I I walked him to the car, and he was not concerned about the milk getting old. And, and so I, I walked him over to the car. And I told him, he said, Well, I do have a Bible. And I said, Well, this is what I want you to do. I did not feel it was ready for he was ready to for me to pray with him in the program. I didn't I just didn't feel it. I said, This is what I want you to do. I gave him a website, I gave him my phone number, and I said, I want you to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I said, I only want you to focus on Jesus and see what type of person he was. That's what I want you to focus on. I mean, a man is just sitting there, you know, you see how I set him up. But see. And see, but let me tell you something. I'm way off track. That's okay. She said, you know, the song was Holy Spirit Moves, so I guess that's what's going on. I mean, we learned a few things. But see, if I'm overly caught up in getting back to the house real fast because it's her birthday, or I'm having a bad day because I'm dealing with strife at home, or I'm, I'm focused on me, those are the type of things, you all, that we're missing out on every single day because sometimes we're married to the wrong people, connected to the wrong people, in business with the wrong people, hanging out with the wrong people, watching the wrong stuff, you get so full of darkness that you don't have ability to sense when the light is telling you to minister to the darkness. And so and so, in all honesty, now I understand it's amazing how the Lord can give me a story and then give me the punchline at the end. So that is the reason why the enemy loves for you to get hooked up with the wrong individuals because you'll spend the rest of your life suffering and praying for deliverance and crying instead of walking in the joy of the Lord that comes from you getting people saved, healed, delivered, given the money because you ain't thinking about helping somebody else when you yourself need help. And that's how deep the rabbit hole goes for real. It's Not about young know, people just, you know, it's two individuals that are more represented in this society Jesus, misrepresented, is Jesus and the devil. Both of them are lying on all the time. People have no idea the level in which the demonic operates to lock down your destiny. You have no idea the level. And uh, and if you're not full of the light, okay, then you will actually miss your entire life. You'll miss your entire life. So, you know, I'm getting over into things in January. January, y'all, I'm telling you, January, I am, uh, both of us, we're going to share things That are for the purpose once again of just changing everything, church. You know. So, all right, that was a good story. Let's go ahead and read the scripture. was a great
1: story. That was a great story. Thanks babe.
0: That's for somebody. It's how many of us for everybody. You know? I mean, every all of us have a bad day, but when you're having a bad life, you're missing out on opportunities every day. And Jesus said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. Okay, go ahead and let's read Amos so we can answer this question. As well.
1: Amos 3.3. 3. Can two okay. people walk together without agreeing on the direction? You want to respond?
0: Yeah, that's your scripture.
1: I already read it and I responded.
0: Oh, I'll read the next one then.
1: <laughs> I was being obedient. You said to read it, so I read it. <laughs>
0: Do Nehemiah. We okay. just got three left.
1: All right, okay, here he is. Okay, so Nehemiah chapter 13 verses 23 through 27, um, just to give a little background, um, they're, real be- they're, re- they're rebuilding, Nehemiah is speaking, they're rebuilding, rebuilding Jerusalem, and he start, I'm going to start with about the same time I, Nehemiah, realized that some of the men of Judah had married women from Ashdod, Ammon, and, and Moab. Furthermore, half their children spoke the language of Ashdod or of some other people and could not speak the language of Judah at all. So I confronted them and called down curses on them. I beat some of them and pulled out their hair. I made them swear in the name of God that they would not let their children intermarry with the pagan people of the land. Wasn't this exactly what led Solomon of Israel into sin, I demanded? There was no king from any nation. Who could compare to him and God loved him and made him king over all of Israel. But when he was led into sin by, but he was led into sin by his foreign wives. How could you even think of committing this sinful deed and acting unfaithfully toward God by marrying women, marrying foreign women? Let me ask you a couple questions. Do you think God knows more than us? Do you think that he knows the hearts and intents of all men? Do you think his word is true? then why don't we listen to him? Why don't we obey his word? You just answered the questions of he knows more. He's more powerful. He knows everything. He knows men. He knows women. He knows their heart intents. but yet we don't listen. We don't obey him. Why do we think we know more? He tells us, right, he told Solomon, don't get involved with foreign women. Don't get involved with the unbeliever. And I'm going to read the scripture about Solomon, but Nehemiah is using Solomon as an example. Fool, you did the very thing that I told you not to do. You see, you have an example right before you. You see what happened to Solomon. You see his end result. He started off a great, powerful man of God, this great king, all wisdom, all splendor, and all these wonderful things he accomplished. But look at his end state. You can start off on the right path and get off. Solomon got off because he did not continue in the word. He did not continue with God. Did you want to add before I go on?
0: Read that other one too in Second Kings.
1: Okay. First Kings. Kings 11, 1 through 14. Now, King Solomon loved many foreign women. Besides Pharaoh's daughter, he married women from Moab, Amnon, Eden, Sidon, and from, and from among the Hittites. The Lord had clearly instructed the people of Israel. Clearly instructed the people of Israel. You must not marry them because they will turn your hearts to their gods. Yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. He was the wisest man in the earth, and he insisted on loving them anyway. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. And in fact, they did turn his heart away from the Lord. In Solomon's old age, they turned his heart to worship other gods instead of being completely faithful to the Lord, his God, as his father David had been. Solomon worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the the Sidonians, and Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. In this way, Solomon did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to follow the Lord completely as his father David had done. On the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, he even built a pagan shrine for Chemosh, the detestable god of Moab, and another for Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. So he built gods a the temple, then he also built these he builds these gods, these, these shrines. Solomon built such shrines for all his foreign wives to use for burning incense and sacrificing to their gods. The Lord was very angry with Solomon, for his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. He had warned Solomon specifically about worshiping other gods, but Solomon did not listen to the Lord's command. So now the Lord said to him, since you have not kept my covenant and you have disobeyed my decrees, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your servants. But for the sake of your father, David, I will not do this while you are still alive. I will take the kingdom away from your son. And even so, I will not take away the entire kingdom. I will let him be king of one tribe. For the sake of my servant David, and for the sake of Jerusalem, my chosen city. Then the Lord raised up Hadad, the Edomite, a member of Edom's royal family, to to be Solomon's adversary. So you can see that the sins of the father did come on the son, but because of God's covenant and his promise to the grandfather, the Lord allowed this to happen, not to the son, but to the grandson. And so there's many mysterious things that happen in a family because of the sins of the father or the grandfather. He instructed Solomon not to intermingle with foreign women. In today's vernacular, do not hook up with an unbeliever. Why? Because in your mind, oh, I can win him. I can win him. I can win her. I can turn her. I'm such a strong man of God. I'm a strong woman of God. And you deceive yourself because you want that man. You want that woman. You deceive yourself. And then what ends up happening, they turn your heart away from God. And you end up in a backslidden situation, a backslidden marriage, an unhappy life because you did not follow the word.
0: And that's the thing when it says foreign women was not racial. Foreign women because they don't serve me. Okay, that's what that was about. And, and, and that's something that's very, very important. The, the, the spiritual laws work really strange. It seems like they work the opposite the way we would think. You would think you put one bad apple in the bunch and the good apples would help turn it good. It didn't work that way. So you see here Solomon, in all of his wisdom, in all of his glory, and in all of his integrity, when he hooked up with the wrong chicks, <laughs> should have been chick, you know, that dude was off the chain. How you got 300 side chicks? What you going to do with 700 wives? Just, that's just crazy, okay? I also showed you what unchecked power will do, okay? And so, but, but he did not have the ability to hold his integrity, and that's the thing that people don't understand. There are some scenarios like I was in yesterday, where I can walk in and the light will put all of the darkness in check. Then there are some scenarios where when you hook up with darkness, you don't pull darkness up, darkness drains you. And for some reason, when it comes to you hooking up with somebody, particularly when it comes to marriage and business, if you hook up with somebody and they are the darkness or they're living dark or they're not living right, they pull you down. And what happens is, is there's so many people think, well, I know they're not this, and I know they're not this, and I know they're not that, and I know she hasn't done this, and, and he hasn't done that. But I can, I can, I can change them. And they ha- they have convinced themselves, well, all I got to do is have a baby, all I got to do is get married, all I got to do is just stick it out, and and it'll be fine. But they ended up dragging you down, and that's what happened to Solomon. Is that Solomon? You know, first, you know. I still don't understand how you can be the wisest man. See, this should tell you something, y'all. You can be full of wisdom in one area and crazy in another. And that's the reason why. Well, you know, see, let me tell you something. And this is a good example. You can be going out on a date with someone and they seemingly have everything. Man, they got good credit. They got their own house. They have their own business. They're a professional. They are educated. He opened up the door for me. Yes, but it's one thing about them that when you find out, oh, no, you can have all of that. I'm not dealing with this. And you have to hold and wait and talk again when you are. Now, granted, I understand everybody messes up. This is for the future. (laughs) Three rules to dating, talking, talking and talking. Like I said before, if you talk with no sex, what is in a man's heart is what will come out. If there's not that much spiritual stuff there, after a couple of dates, all of the spiritual stuff has come out, and now you're left to his own toxicity. If there's nothing in a man's heart, you go on a date with him, and you keep talking to him, keep talking to him with no sex, he has to talk. And he has to talk, and he has to talk. If it's nothing in him, he's not going to have anything to say. You're like, "Hmm, you know what? This man, he got a degree, but you're just as dumb as a doorknob. (laughs) Degrees don't make people smart. It just means that you pass tests. I don't mean it disrespectful because, I mean, you know, it can be hard to get those degrees. You know, all that schooling, all of that. What I'm saying, though, is just because somebody has a degree, just because somebody has a business, just because somebody put the Lord on something doesn't mean anything.
1: Just because they're in the pulpit.
0: Especially that one. Ezra 4, 1 through 5. The enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the exiles were rebuilding the temple to the Lord, the God of Israel. So they approached Zerubbabel and the other leaders and said, this is unbelievers trying to hook up with Christians. Let us build with you, for we worship your God just like you do. That's what people will tell you. I believe in God. We have sacrificed to him ever since King Esarhaddon of Assyria brought us here. But Zerubbabel, Yeshua, and the other leaders of Israel replied, you may have no part in this work. We alone will build the temple for the Lord, the God of Israel, just as King Cyrus of Persia commanded us. Then the local residents tried to discourage and frighten the people of Judah to keep them from their work. They bribed agents to work against them and to frustrate their plans. This went on during the entire reign of King Cyrus of Persia and lasted until King Darius of Persia took the throne. Ladies, you ever met somebody and he was smooth talking you for your phone number? And then when he told you no, he cussed you out. You ever seen that before? Yes. Fool, you just let me know clearly why I should have crossed the street when I saw you, let alone talk to your raggedy behind. Well, that's what happened here. Hey, sir, so man, <laughs> we love God like you do. Why don't you help us? Why? why, why? You ever had somebody want to help you? Just yeah. no, I, I yeah. no, like I learned from a friend of mine. No, don't help me. If I'm on fire, add gasoline. Don't help me with nothing.
1: Remember the lady who wanted to come help me with my laundry?
0: Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Yeah, the lady wanted to come help her with her laundry. Now, the, babies, was, the
1: babies were small. They were about, shoot, it was 6, yeah, 7, it doesn't under 10. No matter if they 10. were adults, she didn't come No, no I'm saying, and they were under 10, so I had a lot of laundry still do. but they were really little, and she offered to come and help me. But I had to come and pick her up. I had to take her back home. I didn't ask you for your help. I was managing just fine by myself. I mean, I... I think I appreciate the offer, but no, let me think about it for a second. I didn't, I didn't ask you. So it was a reason why she wanted to attach herself to me and come into my home. I told her, no, thank you.
0: Yeah, she was trying to get in her home for whatever reason. People, let me tell you something, y'all. People will try to attach themselves. Let me tell you something, y'all. You know what's interesting? Darkness is always trying to attach itself to light. Sinners have no problem marrying a Christian. Sure don't. Because they know you the light. They need some favor, all of that type of stuff. You better be careful. I might have said something crazy. You be. You want to be careful who attaches to them else. Strangers, how you doing? Okay. Who are you? That's how my sister rolls. <laughs> we were over there. <laughs> we were my f- at my sister's house at the barbecue, and I forgot to tell her. Some of y'all know Francisco Vega. Okay, he, Vega's crazy. So I forgot to tell her he was coming over. She walked. He walked in the backyard. Let me see your microphone. He walked in the backyard. He, he, she back to barbecue, back to sitting. He walked back there. Hey, what's going on? She did just like this. <laughs> my, my sister is crazy like that. She's like, I don't know you. I'm Arthur's friend. I don't know you. You might be lying about his friend. Be careful who tries to attach themselves to you. They want to give you a ride someplace. Would you go with me someplace? It's a lot of folk got killed that way.
1: It's a lot of men who like church girls. They like church girls because we're good girls and they want the ones who's going to submit. and Because you know the Bible. So I'm expecting you to do the Bible. Yeah, do the Bible. I'm not going to do the Bible, but I want you to do the Bible. Yeah, I, want I mean, you to do no, the Word.
0: From counseling, I used to watch drug dealers. They run through every single woman they can. Mm-hmm. And then when they were ready to settle down, they come right up in the church looking for a good girl. Yep. That should tell you something. Darkness trying to attach itself to light for the purpose of its own benefit. But it drains you and pulls you into the darkness. And
1: so they'll pretend that they're born again. They'll pretend they have Jesus in their heart. They'll, they'll fake tongues. I mean, they'll just fake it. Then you, get, you hook up with the guy. You're like, this guy tricked me. And so you have to have, I mean, you really have to operate in great discernment. To listen to your spirit and not override those red flags. Not override like, you know what? Something seemed kind of strange. I mean, there was one guy that approached me. I mean, from the outside, he had it all together. He had everything. Everything I was looking for, he had everything in place. I left church, got in church, went home and prayed and asked the Lord, what do you say? The Lord said, no, bye. Never went on a date with the guy or anything. But from the external, he appeared to have everything that I desired. And the Lord never told me why. He just said, no. The reason why is because he had Otha waiting for me. But what if I had gone with the guy that just looked like he had it all together? I mean, I would have been a widow right now because the guy died last year.
0: Dang. I didn't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Ooh, wow. Glad she didn't make that choice. Be some other sequitur up here with me preaching. I'm trying to tell you. Okay. Yo, so <laughs> we just playing around. But these things are actually all, they're very, very, very important. Because sometimes, see, what you do is you look at today. Why can't I have her? Why can't I have him? Everything is fine. But when the Lord hooks you up with somebody, he's looking down the line. Yeah, everything is fine now. You're going to be in hospital in five years. Because he's going to strangle you.
1: And more important, the Lord is about purpose. He's about purpose. Your purpose, his purpose, the family, destiny. Again, we, we established some time ago that God knows everything which means he knows your end from your beginning. He has purpose in mind of why he created you, when he created you, when he created this one, that one, or the other one. And he's trying to bring people together for his purpose. But he does not want you to step outside of what his word tells you to do, not hooking up with unbelievers.
0: Yeah, and that's then that's why we're going the direction that we're going next year is putting everybody in because most people don't even know what purpose he is. You know, and I'm telling you, you, can put, you put yourself in the right position, everything that's supposed to come to you will come to you. The devil's job is to keep you out of position so that you'll make your own. Last one. Last scripture and last question. Because I felt I needed to address this. Can a person who knows they married the wrong person leave if the spouse won't change? How I many of you know this is about to be good right here?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like I'm held back from a spiritual growth because the spouse just isn't as interested in growing and pursuing God as I am. It's very frustrating being married and unequally yoked. Is there ever a point it's okay to leave if that person is not serious about the things of God, and that's a major source of what's causing the unhappiness? This question came from a lady in Detroit who's been married for quite a bit, and her husband just won't come up. Um, Let's look at this scripture. I'm going to answer the question let me say this, this is where I close. Um, I'm going to answer this question in a very, very tough way. I believe that preachers, including myself, have been scared to accept the standard that God has given because we ourselves were nervous with it and so many people have messed up. Let me first say this, sexual sin, adultery and divorce is not the unpardonable sin. Y'all got me. My grandmama told me it was. <laughs> well, my grandmama, everything was the unpardonable sin. Okay, everything. You, she sent you to hell in a second, boy. Okay. And so, uh, so I was scared to do everything. And so, uh, but it is not the unpardonable sin. You know, there is one sin that you cannot be forgiven of. Most people will never hit that category. You have to hit five categories to hit that. My wife and I are already there. If we turn our back on God, there's no forgiveness for us. You have to finish five. Grand. Actually, let me give it to him because I know y'all are What are they? I want to make sure just in case. Okay. The Bible says that you must be saved. You must be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry. Let me back up. It says that the Holy Spirit had to enlighten you and open up your heart for salvation. Then you must accept salvation. Then baptism of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit upon, which is praying in other tongues. Then it says you must be a mature Christian. That's why that scripture says that you have eaten the good meat of the word. You have to be mature. And it says the fifth thing is that you have tasted of the powers of the world to come, which means you have to know how to operate in the gifts of the spirit. If you hit all five of those categories and you turn your back on God on purpose, there's no forgiveness because when you do it, you weren't deceived. That's the reason why you weren't deceived. Okay? People can backslide, but it's usually because they're deceived, they have hard moments in life, so they just they get mad at God. And God is not mad at them, he just understands it's because of what they went through. I turn my back on God, there is no deception, because I've seen the other side. I've seen other beings, I've been in the spiritual realm. I know that this is real beyond the shadow of a doubt. So for me to do something like that, then God says, fine. And it says you do that because you made us look like a fool openly. You did what Satan did, because Satan left God when he was in heaven. So if a minister does that, you operate in the realm of Satan. Y'all got that? Woo! Yes. <laughs> All right, I got that out. Okay. Where was I, Jesus? Oh, yeah, the question. What was the question, though? Married to someone who doesn't want to serve God. Yeah.
1: Married to someone. Can you, leave? can you leave? According to scripture, can you leave? Oh, yeah, yeah, that is. When she
0: said this, and like, she wanted me to leave. Can you leave? Okay. <laughs> okay, so those things are not the unpardonable sins. I'm going to read a passage of scripture to you, and then I'm going to, uh, because I gave somebody an answer. He's not here. He asked this question. I gave somebody an answer, and when I got home, I felt like the Holy Spirit was checking me and saying, you did not tell him the truth. Because you were scared to answer that question because nobody else has answered that question. So let's read the passage of scripture based on being with someone and what the question was. 1 Corinthians 7, 8 through 16. So I say to those who aren't married and the widows, it's better to stay unmarried just as I am. But if they can't control themselves, they should go ahead and marry. It's better to marry than to burn with lust. But for those who are married, I have a command that comes not from me, but from the Lord a wife must not leave her husband. If she does leave him, let her remain single or else be reconciled to him. And the husband must not leave the wife. Now, now this is believed, or or not, is talking about two Christians. Then he goes to another category. He says, now I will speak to the rest of you, though I do not have a direct command from the Lord. In other words, I'm giving my wisdom on this matter. If a fellow believer has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to continue live with him, he must not leave her. And if a believing woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to continue living with her, she must not leave him. For the believing wife brings holiness to her marriage and the believing husband brings holiness to his marriage. Otherwise, even your children would be unholy. But now are they holy? But if the husband or wife who isn't a believer insist on leaving, let them go. In such cases, the believing husband or wife is no longer bound to the other, for God has called you to live in peace. Don't you wives realize that your husband might be saved because of you? And don't you husband realize that your wives might, the key word is might, be saved because of you. So let me explain what's going on here, is that this is the case of, and it sounds like it's the case of, Two individuals, they got married and they hooked up, got together. They're not Christians. Okay, I'll use an example: is that because generally, let me say, let me say something. I've seen this for years. I've seen this where a couple will come to church. You had an altar call, and the woman will go to the altar and the guy will just stand there in the seat. She ain't going down. What I have seen though is flip it. That altar call come, and the guy goes to the altar. That so woman I've will sit there it. for one second thinking about it, and then someone tells her fool you better get to that altar with your man okay so it's amazing how that works but in this particular case it sounds like a couple that weren't married and then let's use this example the wife gets saved and the husband is not what that scripture is saying is you don't have to just divorce your husband or your spouse because they're not saved if they're still pleased to live with you it says then you don't have to depart it says but if they say I didn't sign up for this I'm out It says, let them go. And you're not in the bondage anymore. Y'all got me. Okay. Now, how many know that Jesus also said, he said, when you marry, he said, except for adultery, in this particular case, he said, if you uh, divorce, he said, and then remarry, he said, you cause another individual to commit adultery. Y'all remember that seems to be most unanswered question. I heard something, I'm not I'm not comfortable sharing it myself. This is gonna seem like a game, it's gonna seem like you're it's just it's just gonna seem like a game, but I'm just gonna say it. I heard this from another minister, and he said, I'm gonna I am going to, i got to use my example. There, pa- Pastor Reggie and his wife are here, so I'm gonna use an example. I think. So, because with God, irreconcilable differences is not good enough. Okay, so if it's not adultery, some other crazy scenario like that and we decide, you know what, I just can't stand you anymore. (laughs) And then I decide to divorce her, then God says we both need to remain unmarried or reconcile. How many know that's tough? That's real tough. Now, we understand that a lot of people have not done that. Y'all know Charles Stanley? Any of y'all know who Charles Stanley is? Great man of God? That man has not married another woman for the very thing that I'm saying. Him and his wife got a divorce, and he said, according to the scripture, I have to remain single for the rest of my life because we didn't divorce because of adultery. We just divorced because apparently we can't stand one another. Okay, It's a big issue going on with him and his wife and even Andy Stanley and all that type of stuff. Okay, And so, so the scripture is saying you have to remain unmarried. I understand that people didn't do that. God has forgiven you for this one reason. <laughs> I leave my wife and divorce her, and the Bible says that she can't remarry uh, because she would be committing adultery. I heard a minister share this. He said, but if your husband goes and marries somebody else, he has now committed adultery, which means now you are free to remarry. And I was just like, whoa, wait a minute, Jesus. Some of y'all caught what I'm just saying. You see what I'm saying? Doesn't that seem like a game? But the truth is, is that if there's adultery, God allows her to divorce me and move on to another. So if if my wife leaves me because she can't stand me anymore, tell I me mean, no, that's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. 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 because okay? <laughs> she can't stand me anymore. Okay, and the Bible says be reconciled, or you commit adultery. But well, then the crazy thing is, is that if she then goes and marries someone else, the Bible says that's adultery. Which means now I have a reason and a right to move on. That seems like trickery, doesn't it? I was looking for my help on that one. <laughs> it seems like trickery. And that's why I believe that people have done that and they've gotten remarried and God has gone on to bless them. Because there are some wonderful marriage that went around the second, third time. And I believe that is the case. That seems a little weird, doesn't it? OK, so so that's the answer to that, is that the the you and it almost seems like you could say you could, you could almost if you want to go and play devil's advocate, she can leave me and then I'm gonna try to hook her up so she can get married so that the onus can be on her message. Y'all follow me? I hope some of y'all follow me. Some of y'all are like watch it, Reverend, you are moving towards a crazy line right now. Y'all, the things of God are very, very mysterious. OK, but I believe that's the reason why. You know, it's going to be some, either preachers going to be mad or sad or happy at what I just shared. But I believe that's the reason why there are individuals that they got a divorce over irreconcilable differences. But then the Lord blessed their second marriage. And I believe it's because he's just letting you know when you do it, you're committing adultery. But you don't go into it saying, well, you know what? Psh, when we commit adultery, when are we married, we're just going to ask God to forgive us. No, God says God is not mocked. You can understand my difficulty in also explaining this because it's still mysterious. Lift your hands and thank God for the blood of Jesus. (laughs) That is, we all be messed up. But God is really being very, very serious in that this thing, this relationship thing is where all problems exist. It's all based on relationships. It's not based on money. It's not based on anything else except this relationship thing. And God is trying to help us to understand how serious it is. Don't enter into it if you don't have to. If you do, Enter into it being careful, sober, and being ve- and pay attention to everything. When you enter into it, you're going to have to carry yourself away. And then if the husband and the wife are not willing to serve one another, you're going to have some serious problems. If you divorce and it's not adultery, okay, y'all need to stay single unless y'all can come back again. Otherwise, you cause the other individual to commit adultery. But then the Bible says if you commit adultery, you can't be forgiven of anything. So it gets really, really weird. So, and that's where I think a lot of people won't be honest from the pulpit and say, y'all, this weird, it's mysterious, but that's the scripture. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Thank God for a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, a fifth chance.
1: 25th chance.
0: You know, but see, watch this. You're married to an unbeliever. Okay, you get rid of an unbeliever. I shouldn't say get rid of, that's such a terrible term, but that's what it is. You divorce an unbeliever. Well, because they're an unbeliever, they ain't thinking about the holiness. They're going to go and get with the quickest girl or boy they can get with.
1: I'd like to add my two cents to this question.
0: Yeah, you go, you, know, you might need to add five and ten and twenty cents and a couple $20 bills. I might need some help. Because people are like, oh, wait a minute now. <laughs> Please add your five cents mama right now before I ended up in trouble.
1: It says, can a person who knows they married the wrong person leave if the spouse won't change? I feel like... I feel like I'm held back from my spiritual growth because the spouse just isn't interested in growing and pursuing God as I am. That's a self-righteous attitude. It's very (laughs) self-righteous.
0: I got rebuked in my own sermon. Go ahead, mama, go ahead.
1: And you don't know what that person will become in the future. People are changing all the time for the better and for the worse. This man is not the same man that I married 21 years ago. He's not. He's not the same one that I met. 24 years ago, he is not that same. I promise you before God, he is not that same man. So you don't know how people are going to change or on what way they're going to change and how they're going to evolve and become better. I am better because of him. I am better because of the Lord. So I'll address that part. Second part is this. I'm going to ask him so bad. Okay, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, oh, I feel, like I, fe- I feel like I'm being held back for my spiritual growth. Your relationship with God is individual. It's individual. So if you're not praying and you're not reading, is the spouse's fault? When I stand before God and I say, well, you know, because Otha didn't read and he didn't pray, I didn't pray, I didn't read. Will God accept that from me? Your relationship with God is individual. So it might be difficult in your environment because the other person does not serve God. It may be difficult for you to feel free to express your love for God openly But your relationship with God is not hindered because it's individual. And we have talked, I mean, from the beginning, that two single people coming together and getting married makes a great marriage. Two whole, happy, fulfilled single people. So you come into the marriage as a single person, whole and healthy already. But if you discover in the marriage the other person does not want to serve God, they have backslidden or they weren't a Christian, it does not stop you from getting up and getting on your knees and praying or going in a closet and praying or on your job, or reading the word, or in the car praying. It does not stop you. It does not. Now, you may make the excuse, well, because he is, she won't, he won't, she won't. You may make the excuse because you're falling away. And that is the difficulty of why, of when you're married to an unbeliever. And that's why we tell you, don't marry the unbeliever. I mean, it's, marriage itself is difficult enough with two Christians who love God, who are praying in tongues, who are reading the word and going to a great church. It's difficult enough because you have a real enemy who's trying to chip away at your marriage every single day. So no, your spiritual growth is not hindered. It also says it's frustrating Is this it right here? Mm -hmm. It's frustrating being married and unequally yucked. Yeah, I bet it is. Is there ever any point that it's okay to leave if the person commits adultery? If that person is not serious about the things of God? Well, you can't leave a person because they don't love God. You can't make a person, you love God, I love God. No, you can't make a person love God. (laughs) You cannot make a person love Jesus. No one can make you love Jesus. Could someone make you love him? Could someone make you love the word? No, it comes from within. A longing and a desire to know him and to love him and to commune with him, it comes from within. You cannot make somebody love him. You can't make someone want the word. You can't do it. So no, you cannot leave because you're frustrated. I know you're frustrated. No, you cannot leave. Now, if he leaves you or she leaves you, they have somebody else. Okay, well about then. Now I can freely worship God. Maybe I'll find someone else who loves God like I do, and we can worship together. Praise the Lord. That is one of the wonderful things about my marriage. I love talking about the word. I love being able to worship with my husband. Talk about the word with my I mean that's constant. Constant con- when it comes to children or marriage or ministry. I love it. I love it.
0: Hey, I'm gonna play devil's game. We, we just we were done. So we just we got a couple more minutes. I will just play devil's advocate for a second because see um, this is how many of you know this is real because and we play devil's advocate all the time because she has a valid point but then the flip side of that is is that when you're in that situation it's easier said than done if you've been with, if you've been with someone for 10 years and because because here's the other thing it also depends on one type of unbeliever you're with. You got one unbeliever, they have no problem with you going to church. They have no problem with you praying. You have no problem with you reading. Then you have someone who, they get hostile every time you open up a bottle in the house. There have been people that, I've met married couples, my married couples, I've met married people who, they, had, in order for them to read and study, they got to go to a park someplace. They they can't do it in the house because the person gets so agitated and so, so crazy and all of those different type of things. And so... You know, and so the scripture says that it says you can leave. I mean, that's the other part I have to add, but it says you have to remain unmarried. Now, if that other person gets married, then let me ask y'all a question. Based on what we have read so far, I want to see, I honestly want to see what you all think. So if I make this statement that my wife is not saved <laughs> my wife is not saved and after 15 years she done drove me crazy she didn't mess with my Holy Ghost and everything so I decided to leave her and then I remain single and then two years later I found out that she remarried which then frees me up to now get married how many of you say that that's correct? I need an honest show of hands Well, let's do this. How many of you still confused? Yeah, that's, so am I, you see (sighs) him? See how hard that scripture is? It's very hard because there's so many different varying scenarios, so many different ones. And the scripture does say you can leave because of adultery and it says you can't leave and stay single. The problem is what happens after that? That's where the problem is at. We might have to revisit it. Let me read these two questions. We're going to revisit this maybe for question and answer. We're going to do a fast and a prayer session and, and see and consult Jesus and the Holy Spirit and a couple of angels. Well, I'll
1: just say this. You can do whatever you like. You're an adult. You can do whatever you like. But there are consequences to whatever decision you make. There are consequences. And if you want to do it according to scripture, then you follow the scripture. But you can make whatever decision you like and there, you'll be ready to deal with the consequences. And sometimes we don't know what those consequences are.
0: Y'all know it's a big thing when I'm speechless, don't you? Because I honestly, because, because honestly, God's grace and his blood and his mercy and his forgiveness is so deep Mm -hmm. and so wide and so high. It covers all of the things that we do wrong. Not when we perpetually do them on purpose, but when we do them and then ask God to forgive us, he does forgive us. I mean, Jesus said, you know, forgive your brother 70 times seven. Let me read these last two. Let me just
1: just say this last part. Is that, you know, like he said about it's easier said than done. Only you know what you're able to tolerate. There's some people that have a tolerance way up here and some down here. They just can't take it and they have to go. And if you have to go, there is forgiveness. There is grace to cover you.
0: Now, this is a good question. Sometimes there's a consequence. Sometimes there's not. Sometimes it's big. Sometimes it's small. Here's a good one. I know a couple who's in the following scenario. The husband and wife divorced because the husband committed adultery. The wife died from cancer after that. Hmm. The husband then marries the woman who he committed adultery with. Should he divorce the woman who he is now married with? Is he committing adultery by staying with the current wife? Well, no, he can't be committing adultery because the previous wife has died. And then they said, I'm aware of the story of David and Bathsheba seeming to be very similar. Yeah, David, David Bathsheba is a slight different scenario. Dave, Number one, the woman was bathing naked. First of all, don't bathe naked outside.
1: But that is how you bathe, though, is you bathe naked. You can't bathe with your clothes yeah, on. Yeah,
0: but not outside. That's right, that's right. Whatever. Okay, number two, Bible says David was out of place. He was supposed to be at war. He stayed at home. So when you're not, where you're, you're not supposed to be, that's when you run into trouble. Third thing, said David saw, he could have any woman, but he saw her. She was apparently beautiful. She was naked. Pulled her in the house, slept with her, got her pregnant. When he found out she was pregnant, her husband was at war. He brought the man back. He brought the man, this is a true story if you haven't read this. He brought the man back from war so that he could sleep with his wife. Thinking that, okay, I am pregnant, made it my wife, and now she's pregnant, but it would actually be the king's baby. The man walked in such honor, he said, how dare you pull me back from the war? I am not going home to my wife. My brothers, I would have been at my wife's house. I'm just letting you know if a would have been at, at the house. I I will not do this thing when my brothers are at war. So it said the king even tried to make him drunk and he still wouldn't do it. So it said the king called the lieutenant and said, hey man, I can't get this guy to do what I'm trying to get him to do. Put him on the front line where the battle is the hardest. And it said the man got killed. Okay. It said David pulled the woman's husband, pulled the husband's wife into his house, married her. A prophet went to go see him. And said, hey, David, I got a story for you. You know, this is one dude, you know, he had all of the sheep in the world. But it was a guy down the street from him, all he had was one sheep. And that guy went down there and took that one little sheep that he had, instead of focusing on his own sheep. David said, that man must be destroyed. He he said, you are that man. That's gangster right there. Uh -uh. (laughs) He said, you are that man. David did marry the woman, and they went on to have kids. But that firstborn child lost its life because of what David committed. Now that was a stiff penalty because God had mercy on the adultery but did not have mercy on the murder. That was just okay. See, so so there are penalties great and small. Sometimes the penalty is the drama that comes from being in a divorce. And I have to be totally honest with y'all, this is where preachers mess up is that if we don't have an answer, we try to give one. And as pastors, we don't, you know, i have some answers. I usually have some answers. This one, I'm still on the fence because I don't know exactly where God's mindset is. And maybe it's because we can't figure it out because God holds a different level of grace and mercy for every situation, depending on what's going on.
1: And I'd like to add for that question. The thing is, no, you can't, you're asking a question, should he divorce that woman? We don't know what took place in the heart of those individuals. Repentance is a big thing with God. I mean, for him to say that David is a man after my own heart. I mean, I had to search that out and find out why would you say David of all people is a man after your own heart? Because he repented. Mm -hmm. So people make mistakes all the time. And so we have to be careful, all of us. Be careful of how you judge somebody else's situation about what they did or did not do or should or should not do or can't or can't do. No, you have to be careful because you don't know what took place in that person's heart with God because it wasn't on display. We're not going to pull somebody up front. You need to come tell the people that you're sorry. No, you don't because your repentance is to the Father. Not to me, not to him, not to us. Your repentance is to the Father, so we're not going to put you on display in front of the church so you can repent because it was, he saw you when you did it, so you need to go back to him and tell him that you're sorry. And so that marriage that was spoken of, it can still be blessed. It can still be blessed and it can still thrive. Even though something was, com- the adultery was committed. It's not the unpardonable sin. People do it, they commit it, they repent, and God, God forgives them.
0: flip side is, it might not. That's the truth. Y'all, the Bible says you might get the person saved and you might not. Mm -hmm. You know why? God is not going to control anybody. Okay? So last one. See, I'm going to just laugh. This is one of them questions. You just stare at the person. What if God showed you who your spouse is going to be, but he is not saved? (laughs) Now I'm just playing around. Now, honestly, I'm playing around. 'Cause this goes back to what my wife said. You can't never say what God won't do. Because that's quite possible.
1: And you know now, at one time at one time I would have said, Oh no, God would never do that. It's an unbelief God I don't know. I mean now I'm coming to the place in my life, well you know what? God might show the person because he knows on this day at this time this person will get life to the Lord. And he knows this person will get called to the ministry. And he knows this person will do X, Y, Z. And he may be showing you the future. The future might be five years from now or 10 years from now. I don't know.
0: So let me answer the question again give my addendum. What if God showed you who your spouse is going to be, but he is not saved? That just might be possible that God showed you your spouse. But you must keep your mouth closed because you can't say anything until after he has gotten saved, has a little bit of maturity and has approached you. Like she said, might be showing the future. In most cases, you just think you're fine. i never forget a friend, a minister's friend of mine. He said he was at the doctor's office. He said he sat over here. He said, and the finest woman he ever saw came over there. She wasn't saved. He found this out later. He said, to this day, he still has no idea how he managed to find his way all the way over there, sitting on the couch next to that woman. He said, he don't even remember it. That's how fine she was. <laughs> there's some people out here, y'all, that'll make you, Lord, I might have to miss heaven on this one. This one is just, ooh, Jesus! I mean, there's some people out here that'll make you lose your mind. Okay, I'm telling you. Y'all, y'all ain't trying to be real today. They were real when we were talking about the stuff last week and all the sex and all that type of stuff. I am telling you. So there are things where your spirits are eternal. The Lord might show you the future. She knew I was called to be a pastor before I knew.
1: I was going to share that.
0: The Lord told her, but she said, shh, to herself, I'm not going to say a thing. She let the Lord reveal that to me. And that's one of the ways also, ladies and gentlemen, to help you determine if you have the ability to hear from God or not. If you think God told you this, wait. And then if it comes to pass, mm. I'm on the Lord's right-hand side. If it doesn't come to pass and he go down the street and marry a Buddhist, mm, I need to go back to the Bible and get myself some more ointment.
1: We had been dating a year, and I had asked the Lord, what have you called, what have you called him to do? What is his life's purpose? Because at that point, he was going to be an usher. He, want, he was working for the water department, and he wanted to get married and have a family. And I thought it was very noble. I was like, I can rock with that. I'm cool with that. But I was praying before God. I'm like, I'm called to the ministry. Is there anything else you have for him in life? And the Lord told me in a big voice. I don't know if it was audible. I just know it was so loud. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, I'm looking around like, is somebody behind me? Did somebody whisper? Who is that? And that was in 94. I did not tell him until. And that was, we had been dating a year. We dated three years total. So after, that was before I started Bible school. So two years later, when I graduated, we get married. It wasn't until after we were married when he came to me. And he said, I believe I'm called to be a pastor. I believe I'm called to be a pastor. I said, really? You know, why do you think that? And we had a long discussion about it. I was like, you know, that's exactly what you're called to do.
0: I she, said, I- she played me. What? Says, Ladies, that's what you're doing. Ladies, how many of you heard of that thing? You came up with the idea two years ago. Here come your husband talking about, you know what? I think we should do such and such. That's not the time. Child, I told you, you old beady-eyed fool. I told you two years ago we should. That's the time. Honey, that is such a wonderful idea. I am so glad that you could hear from God. He was walking around with his chest all stuck out. And that's what she did. Really? You called to be a pastor? I don't even remember when you told me that you. the Lord told you that. But either way. A <laughs> lot of
1: things you don't remember. But either way, like is said, <laughs> either way, that was when I told him that I already knew. And that I supported his, I supported whatever needed to happen. If he needed to leave his job, which he did. And if we needed to, you know, downsize or just he needed to be, he was gonna make less money, I was in full support. And that if I, and because I was making more money at the time and I was going I was working full time. I helped him with his homework because I had already gone to Bible school and I was just there to support him. What is It's so funny. That is what happened.
0: I know. I was just such a heathen because I didn't want to go to Bible school. So she was doing my homework for me and all that. <laughs> only, y'all. I'm sorry. I only went because the Lord told me. He didn't tell me I had to do my homework. Okay. <laughs>
1: Isn't a called to be his helper. I just step right in if I work my full-time job to help him with his homework and do his
0: homework. Alright, y'all, let's go ahead and stay.
2: Leave
1: her alone. Alone.
2: Come on doll. I can't lie, menacing, and I love it. I won't initiate a thing, but I won't She's pulling me below, and I'm running, but she drugged me, come on down, man. You got your soul time with her, that's ugly. i one with her and her other ten buddies. I got swag, but I got more This. I it It ain't fun I yet. hate to see you caught up in this love thing. Love, love thing It makes you feel good Cause that's what love, love, brings. That's what love brings Before you make a move It's what your mind takes right. I'm, I'm feeling bad. kind of strange I shouldn't do this man Cause it do this don't feel right he Flippin' draw in my nostrils, hit it through nobody. I'm cautious. Get you drunk now, boo. I'm nauseous. In my office, my low watch. I don't want it, yo, dog, don't admit, that no, I ain't messing up your body. Can't fall me. I Got it wrong already, I'm stopping it. So I'm blocking It's so I, I hate to see you caught up in this love thing. Lane. Love lane. It makes you feel good, cause that's what love brings. Before you make a move, it's what your I mind changes I'm feeling kind of like, I shouldn't do, do this, man. Cause it don't feel right, it right. don't feel right. It's what right. to right. right. feel nice, he got me right. uptight, Bad night. Bad night, she don't feel right, she pushin' on me, she gettin' all in my head, hey. I ain't gon' lie, my mom was takin' her to bed, hey. I can't. I'm convicted instead. I could be dead, my flags are red, I'm letting go, I'm letting go, I'm letting go, you're feeling strong, you're feeling strong, you're feeling strong, my bless is blown, my bless is blown, my bless is blown. it's cause I'm wrong, it's cause I'm, I'm wrong, I hate to see you caught up in this love thing, it makes you feel good cause that's what love brings, before you make a move, it's what your mind changes, feeling kinda like i shouldn't do this man do this boy but it don't feel right it don't feel right feel